If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes, indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. My favorite color is definitely blue. It brings me back to my upbringing of the beach, the oceans. I love neutrals. I love blues, green, sea glass. You know, those are those those are the things that invoke peace and harmony. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafter stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. Today's guest is Vanessa Christensen. I'm your host, Susan Smith, and I'm coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend our days doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. If you're not a long arm quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing pencil, needle and thread attached at really high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I have a resource that I think you would love. My personal favorite quilting motif is the feather. And feathers are really traditional. They were quilted years and years ago by hand and in sometimes very simple fashions. And nowadays we see a lot more elaborate and detailed machine quilting versions. And they're always eye-catching, whichever way they're done. So I've developed a version of the feather that I call an all-over or edge-to-edge design. And it meanders across a whole quilt top. And because feathers can be intimidating to quilters, I've created a lesson where you can see this process. So it starts right from the very individual feather plume, and it works through um, the shapes of those feathers, how to make them move across the whole quilt top and avoid awkward corners. I talk about customizing little details, all the things. So it's all here in this lesson, and I'll walk you through it and demo the quilting for you step by baby step. So it's a free class, but you do need to register for for it and you can simply go to feather.stitchedbysusan.com to gain access to that class. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show, a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. I know whenever I finish a quilting project, whether it's my own or a client's, I'm always wanting to snap some photos to remember it by. And my tip for you today is that the best time to photograph quilts, I find, is in the morning. Daylight is always, always the best light. It's bright, it shows up the details, and it keeps the truest colors for you. So for me, that usually happens in the morning, and I don't use a fancy camera, I just use my smartphone, and occasionally, if the light is really harsh, I'll hang a sheer curtain over the window to filter it a bit, but that really bright and focused daylight, I find, is the best time to photograph quilts, to catch their details, and to capture the truest colors. 
you know by now that I love my coffee. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There for the price of one delicious coffee, you're able to make a one-time contribution or sign up for a monthly one if you so choose. Thank you so very much for your support. I sure appreciate it. And maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. You may know Vanessa Christensen as the ombre queen and as a pattern and fabric designer, but she is much more than that. She's a wife and mom to four humans and two cats. She's an author, a podcast co-host, and also a life coach helping creative women reach their potential. Welcome, Vanessa, into my studio. So great to have you here. Hello, Susan. It's so fun to be here, and I'm excited to have the opportunity to be here. This is great fun. I, of course, know you as the ombre queen, as I'm sure many of my listeners do, too. But yes. tell us what came before that. Tell us a bit of your, your quilting or crafting journey. Oh, it's been kind of a fun journey. Um, I started off, uh, we, my husband and I got married pretty young. We were both uh, 22 to 23. And um, I wanted to make my house a home. And so we didn't have very much um very much money. So I tried to do my best with the things that my mom taught me. And I've always loved decorating, but of course on a dime. So I would go to uh, secondhand stores and uh, see some, you know, sheets or things like that, or, or clothing. And I would use that as um, my fabric. So that's where that started. But then uh, as it got more complicated as quilting. Uh, my mom just showed me how to do some hand uh, sewing duvets and things like that. But um, I had to learn a little bit more. And so I, when we moved, there was a friend, I really quickly became friends with this one individual. And um, I said, hey, so if you, you have a sewing machine, will you help me learn how to use it? And if I buy one, will you help me to use mine. So uh, she was graciously uh, willing to help me learn how to do pillow covers and things like that. And then as time went on um, and I had more children, um, uh, yeah, during that process, we started having children and then I wanted to make a quilt. So um, I had another set of friends who were very expert quilters and said, come with us let's make a quilt. And, um, and that was the start of it. And like little squares, a rag quilt. And then I just kept moving on from there. Um, but here's actually where things actually become very interesting and in how I became a fabric designer. Um, I caught the bug, right? And I decided that I wanted to um, do more in my home. And that was fun. I liked to create things instead of buying them. Um, and so we would do that. But my husband uh, ended up getting deployed um, with the military. And um, we had this home that was kind of like uh, the only home that was available at the time when we moved to a very small town um, prior to him getting deployed. And um, it was pretty run down. So we did fix it up stuff. And um, then he got deployed. And um, 
I ended up just continuously writing on a blog. We started, I started a blog at that point and I wanted him to just see what I was doing at home and also the fun things that we were doing as a family or sometimes like, please help me. How do I figure this out? <laughs> uh, with a lot of humor, because I am of the understanding if we can't laugh through something, it makes it, it it's harder to deal with, you know, so if we can just make it a little bit like, oh my gosh, isn't this so funny? Or isn't this interesting? Instead of like, the world is ending, this is all horrible. I like the feeling better that comes from the mindset of like, okay, let's just try to find the funny in this, you know, kind of thing. So I started writing about our family and about some of the things that I was doing in the, in the home. And during that time, that was 2007. During that time, blogging was kind of in its, either starting in its peak or was in its peak sort of thing. And I started writing and I started having people who what weren't our family members looking at our blog and like asking questions about like, oh, what'd you do about that with your child? Or, or oh, tell me more about that. How'd you do that? Um, if I had a crafting um, sort of situation that I just showed, uh, you know, this is what I did today. And so I started saying, okay, I can do how to's on crafting and ask for like the parenting thing. I mean, li literally, like, this is just how I live, like, just have fun with it. Like, actually, like, sometimes cry, but like, know that it's okay. It's, it's just today, you know. Um, so as that was happening, I started to get more of a following on blog, on blogging. And um, the how to's became more of a more of a weekly thing and it became a repetition. It became friends with all these wonderful, amazing women uh, and men um, all over the world. Um, and I had this little community while my husband was deployed. At the same time, um, my love of Moda was very big because I loved their charm packs and all these things. It was so easy to use these already pre-cut things. Um, and so I would buy them as much as I could to also sell in my little shop that I then started creating stuff for um, to sell. And um, Moda was looking to also uh, start the Moda Bake Shop during this time. And um, they reached out to me and said, hey, you're kind of fun with like the ways that you use the pre-cuts. Would you be willing to be a contributor? And so I started to contribute to the Moda Bake Shop. Uh, and I was like, okay, as long as you're okay that I'm a self-taught like crafting quilter and I do things sometimes interesting, they're like, if you can give directions and if you give like basic, you know, images and things like that, yeah, I can do that. And so that's how our relationship started. And um, to this day, like some of my first contribute contributions to Moto Bake Shop are some of the like the ones that people still actually reach out to me for like, Hey, remember when you did that? Can you give me the, the link to it? So all the way back to 2007, 2008, and um, people are still looking for those tutorials. So um, as time went on, uh, you know, a couple of people at Moda, like that put things together were like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about being a pattern designer um, to actually have it into quilt stores? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> tell me and more. So, I'm like, tell me more. Exactly. And so, um, so I asked a lot of questions and 
the here's the thing is that I I didn't actually really realize what was happening as it was happening, um, that it was really just fun. It was just this experience. And it was like, okay, let's try it. I could have said, you know, I, I don't have the schooling for it. Like I don't have like, or, or like even the back, my mom never taught me this. Like literally I only have this knowledge, but the ability to just say like, yeah, let's just give it a try. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the first step there. And um, and as time went on and, you know, popularity with with things, um, you know, they asked, you're really good at putting colors together. Would you like to do this? And I'm like, you know what? Yes. But what you don't have right now is ombre fabric. Like I've actually looked for it like for Moda and you don't have that. And they're like, oh, well, what is I mean? that's not really popular right now. And I'm like, okay, but can, can we try? (laughs) So um, they said, okay, I mean, you can give it a try. And I was like, okay. And then that was it. That was like my starting point of like, I was going to make ombre fabric my thing. And it was going to be Moda's thing. And I was going to be the person to do it. Um, But they were a little, cautious about it because again they didn't want me to fail right like all out fail so um i was asked to do a print some prints to go with the ombre fabric and i was like uh i'm not really a print kind of person except if it looks kind of like uh you know vintage sheets and so they're like okay so Okay, so remember all of that crafting beforehand when we didn't have money and I would go in and get sheets and stuff like that. Well, my favorite is from like when I was growing up in the 70s, which was this beautiful little leaf. And anyway, that was my basis. That was my starting point for the prints. And then we just added a few things. I drew a few things. They computerized it. It worked out beautifully. Um, and it, it came out to be a beautiful success, that first fabric line. From there, um, again, we did the ombre thing, but it wasn't until a few years later where I said, can I just try something? Can I actually just do ombre? And they were like, "Mm, well, okay, right? We'll trust you, but just so you know, it might not do that well. And I'm like, it's okay. So I just kept pushing and pushing and it took a few years uh, of me just saying like, you guys, hey, everyone, like, please listen to me. This ombre fabric is so amazing. You can have so many different shades of the same color. You don't have to think about it. If you just mm-hmm. want to have a monochrome quilt, just choose one color. But all of our rainbow looks really well. So we started off with 20 colors. And then, um, wow, I went totally into my whole story. You asked me just for before ombre, but I guess we're going to You know, that's here, okay. Right? We, exactly. And it's just I'm- funny hearing... You know, I know this is how it works, but it's amusing after the fact, in hindsight, looking back at Moda's hesitations, because we know how popular all that ombre is today. It's crazy. Well, and I'm kind of glossing over it. There was a lot of kind of a little bit, like, resistance there of, like, I don't think, I don't, mm." I'm like, no, seriously, I will go down in flames. (laughs) Like, please, like, let me just try. (laughs) Like, let me just try, you know, and even if it fails, I at least did it. That's what I wanted. Right. right. What I wanted. I really just wanted to show people how amazing this fabric could be. And even if like a lot of people didn't actually see it at first, my love of it and my 
like willingness to like just work with it and show like really like let's just make patterns just about ombre fabric right for just ombre fabric and um and people started to see it they started to catch on and they were like huh Okay, well, that's cool, but I can also use it in other places too. I'm like, yes, you can. Oh my gosh, you're catching the vision, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? This is amazing. And um, so as time went on, like, we're like, okay, so that's great. And then I'm like, can we try one more thing? But it was doing okay, it wasn't doing amazing, but it did start to get a name for it. Like, Moda was starting to say, oh, V and Co. Ombres. Got it. Okay. So um, then I said, how about if we make it a little funner, right? Why don't we put like an overlay of like, I don't know, confetti dots or something, Uh, you know, like call it confetti, like dots of gold, you know, gold was kind of a cool thing. Um, I was noticing in the fashion world and also like in, in homes and things like that, that gold was actually making a comeback. So I'm like, how about if we add gold can we do that and Moda was like "Mm, I mean we can try right do you have an idea and so I kind of gave them a little rough idea of like what I was thinking back and forth a little bit and like boom that was the confetti dot right confetti Mm -hmm. dot ombre and then it just caught fire and then it just wouldn't stop and then we added colors and now we are on I don't even know how many overlays are we have we done, but we're on, we've done the confetti dot. We have the original confetti dot. Um, then we have awesome. ombre blue. Yes. Blue. Blue. There yes. we go. Where it's the, I did a, um, that one was really fun uh, where it's still ombre and the overlay is ombre as well. Same colors. So I did a sun print of um, just these cute little uh, small flowers in my backyard. Um, I just kind of plucked them a little bit and did my own little design. Um, I did that, sent that in, and then we made it into what is ombre blue, Mm -hmm. which was that second overlay. Then, of course, if I could have a dime for all the emails that I got about, okay, we get it, all you gold people, right? Uh, That you love gold, but what about us silver people? That we love silver. So, after the ombre bloom, uh, we had already had in the works even after the confetti dot because of how popular it was, which it's very interesting because normally uh, Moda has a where they just do a um, a fabric line and then that's it. Right. So then you start with a new one and once you buy it, you buy it. And then if you haven't bought it, then you're out of luck. They don't reprint things. Um, so this, uh, ombre confetti, it had a nice like starting, uh, point and it really did catch a little bit of fire, but it wasn't until people started really starting asking for it and stores were like, Oh, okay. I think we missed out on this. Like they started asking for more of it and they couldn't keep it in stock that they actually did a whole reprint of all of everything. Um, and, and that's where Moda actually understood what was happening, uh, with that confetti dot. So, but what happened even with the gold is that people are like, what about silver? You didn't do silver. I'm like, okay, we're doing silver. Don't worry about it. Um, so that's where ombre fairy dust, um, uh, was created and it was just the idea of like stars and like you know like fairy dust mm-hmm. as you can see tinkerbell type idea mm-hmm. exactly um, sparkle yeah 
Yeah. And then after that, uh, that's where Moto was like, all right, well, what about this? Now they're coming up with ideas. Like, how do we make this to continue? Right. <laughs> and so they're like, what about like wovens? So that was our next one. We did ombre wovens. Um, and that one has a really nice fun, the texture of it. And we did lines at that point. Um, so it still has that ombre overlay, but it's in a woven sort of, um, uh, idea with the lines. Um, and then of course we go back to that confetti dot and now we have backings in the confetti dot. So it's 108 and that's doing really well. And then my daughter and I have been having fun, like just cutting that up. It doesn't have to be just for backings. It can also be for, uh, cutting it up and having fun in big dots versus the smaller dots of the confetti dot the gold. And now we are, we have moved into our next, which is just so much fun, which is this Ombre Galaxy, um, which again is bringing back um, the gold, but a splatter. So the idea is like, and also what's different about this Ombre is that it's a little bit more organic looking. It has more of a uh, hand dyed, like a hand, um, ombre died um, and it was very hard to to replicate that um, uh, at the mills but they've done an excellent job we had an original uh, hand dyed ombre that we did and then we did the overlay of the gold and uh, splatter and then of course it has the darker splatter as well and that comes out very soon this spring of 2022 nice well I don't know how many of our listeners have made projects with ombre fabrics before, but the magic in them is, and you alluded to it, is these variations of shades that come even within one color. So you can use very few, one or two colors in a quilt, and still you will achieve the same type of sparkle and life that maybe scrap quilts sometimes bring because they've got all those depths and variations of color. That's what makes the ombre so special. Yes, it is. And we... Uh, some of our most popular, um, like just even hits on our website is just that simple little uh, square block uh, ombre fabric where I just used a uh, ombre uh, quilt, which is just blocks. And it was a baby quilt. And um, my daughter was like, just, you know, holding it. And it's because of just using just a few of those colors and making kind of like a little bit of a rainbow. Everyone thinks it's a magical, like there's so many fabrics used, but it's just the ombre fabric and all the different shades. Right. So it does make it very magical. It truly is. Well, one of the first places that I had an introduction to you is some years back, but you published a series of books on colors and each color had its own small book. I found that so transformative in how I thought about color and the one that I have is yellow and it's practically dog eared. So tell me maybe some of the thoughts that went into that. I I don't even know how to ask the question, but that is just so, it's so rich with information about color and where to look and ideas and how to develop your sense of color. Yeah, so that is, that's what is always so beautiful for me about ombre fabric, but also just about color in itself. You have your favorite colors, right? Mm-hmm. Yellow must be one of yours. Is yellow Actually, favorite? I was given the book, but I do love oh. yellow. It was, it was okay. just serendipitous. <laughs> but the idea is that you could actually buy this series as a rainbow, 
right? Or by your favorite color. And so the idea is behind that is that everyone has their favorite colors and it's because it kind of, you have a lot of thoughts about that color and it invokes all of this emotion. And so for me, I know the beauty of each individual color can create like an emotion uh, in people. Like there are reasons why you usually use the same colors or you gravitate towards the same colors when you quilt, when you create quilts, you know. Um, but I know a lot of people struggle with um, with actually knowing how to combine colors together. So the idea was like, um, this is a book all about red or all about yellow or all about orange, whichever color that you had at the rainbow. And we're going to give you all of these fun projects that go with just this color, but we're also going to educate you a little bit of like, what are some of the colors that actually would go with it? Um, and so there is a little bit of education with beautiful, beautiful photography. So it's supposed to be kind of like a coffee table book where you can flip through it and also use it as well, but also really appreciate each color as it is. And so um, for me, my favorite color is definitely blue. And that's because it brings me back to my upbringing of the beach, the oceans. I love neutrals. I love blues, green, sea glass. You know, those are those those are the things that invoke uh, peace and harmony just in my mind, because that is just where I went to go relax. Those are the things that we do. And so color all on its own um, is actually so much rich. It's so rich with with information that you give it. Uh, with your thoughts. And so uh, I wanted each book. And if people didn't want to buy the whole series, if they just wanted to have something pretty to look at and then stitch from, you know, then create from, that in itself would create this sense of like, I, I don't know, just happiness, I thought, you know. I agree. Um, so uh, yeah, that was that was sort of the idea. Um, Suzanne, um, Woods was the one that actually approached me at, I think it was, it must have been Quilt Market. And she turned to me, uh, it was when she was creating her, it was when she was first creating uh, her publishing company, um, that she looked at me, she turned around on the bus and said, hey, so you're all about color. Uh, I have an idea. And so she sort of just sort of pitched sort of the idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. But what if, you know, so we just sort of like brainstormed on that little bus ride back. And what it ended up being is just focusing on each color on its own. Um, and also educating on the color wheel a bit. It's kind of shining a little spotlight on each of those colors. Yeah, yes. love it. So you kind of segued into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is You've created a whole other um, part of your life now that has all to do with coaching. And yes. you and I have done some coaching work together. And it's all about the power of changing the narrative of your thoughts. Does that describe yeah. it in one sentence? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times um, people think, oh, coaching, oh, just positive thinking, got it. And it's like, but you and I know that that's not where the work is. The work is actually taking what we believe and actually, especially some of the things that we don't even question as truths sometimes, that it's, um, you know, like, perfect example, I'm not good with computers, or I'm not a very good quilter. Um, that invokes emotions, 
which kind of like either hold us back or actually propel us to to action. So um, what I do with coaching, and usually I call myself the coach for creative women, um, and usually they're creative women who either work outside of the home or who are trying to work from their home in, in one way or another to try to find that balance of like, our brain always problem solving and finding all the things that are probably problems here and there, but to actually really highlight the things that are that are going well. And also to really sort of bring in that narrative of things that are going well, but also how we can actually further ourselves to a higher level of things that we're already doing naturally and, um, and finding balance between um, our creative brains, which sometimes tends to be a little bit, I don't know about you, but my creative brain is always thinking, always on, always wanting to add all, so much value and like, you know, just creating all the time that sometimes it becomes a little exhausting because I just do all the things, right? And then other times it's like, but I'm so burnt out. So what I do is I help individuals to really just sort of like cleanly look at their thoughts and actually allow emotions instead of resisting them or avoiding them or really having a horrible relationship with themselves of like just letting this narrative of I'm a horrible quilter, I don't know how to do this, or this hurts my relationship with my spouse, so I can't do this. Uh, there's so many things that are there that if we if I just guide them, I help guide them through and just show them the narrative that they're having in their head. Um, that I am that we are unable we are able to unlock our brain to think of things yeah. slightly differently, challenge certain like thoughts that aren't truths, um, but we make them to be truths, right? And to actually have closer relationships, uh, not just with ourselves, but with others around us, quilt bees, um, our relationships with our spouses, whatever, um, is to actually have this ability to unlock the potential of uh, being a better quilter or being better at balancing between work and and home um, and those type of things. Usually it's my client brings to me and I just ask the question, what is it that you're looking for? If everything aligns perfectly, what is it that you would like? And so we just sort of create a pathway for our brain to see the possibilities of that actually happening. Right. And and the aha moment for me, if you will, is just how much of that is links directly to your thought habits. They are yeah. habits. They are changeable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, changing that narrative is just, it, it just makes a world of difference. So yeah. you currently co-host a podcast. Is that correct with your husband? Tell us about that. So I am a life coach and I've been certified through the life coach school, but my husband's a marriage and family therapist and he has 20 somewhat years of schooling, uh, not schooling, sorry, of he has 20 somewhat years of experience. Um, and he did, he got his uh, master's and PhD 
and um, in marriage and family therapy. So he not only taught as a professor at a university, um, he also uh, has been a marriage and family therapist for that long. So um, at our house, um, I was I actually went back to school to get my psychology uh, degree, and I was actually looking to get my master's and become a marriage and family therapist as well. Um, and so uh, because I just believe in again, it's that it's that mental health, the way that we see life, the way that we that deal with things. Um, I just wanted to help people to be able to live live a better life, and so. I was making the works to go get my master's and um, I stumbled across life coaching, uh, a podcast, the life coach school. And, um, and the way she was explaining things, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, this is so clear. This is so exactly what I want to do. So I made the decision to, instead of becoming a marriage and family therapist to be a life coach. And so Usually, again, my passion is the relationship with yourself and others. Um, but um, so my husband and I have had some quite spirited discussions of uh, between like, you know, oh, therapy, life coaching, blah, 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 blah. So we just decided, I'm like, you know what, let's have these conversations on a podcast. On and air. So, why wouldn't we? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> But what's interesting is that there's a lot of similarities, but there's definitely a lot of differences when you would actually see a therapist versus when you would see a life coach. Actually, I have women who and and clients who see a therapist and see me as their life coach. I have uh, individuals who have had years of therapy and and they've and they've done well with therapy and they don't need a therapist anymore. They they want a life coach. They still want just certain things. And the main difference that we've decided is is that medically uh, needed uh, guidance and with diagnosis is therapy world, right? And so life coaching is you've done that work or you're doing that work or you don't need that work that's medically needed is that that's what I take care of. It's just, you know, just taking who you are, what you're doing well already, taking some of that overwhelm and like kind of deconstructing it and making sense of it so that we can be at a higher level. And so those are the conversations we have on our podcast. And uh, we just kind of dissect things and we talk about it, how we agree sometimes, oh, that would be a therapy sort of thing, or this life coach, this is how I would handle it. And so it's kind of fun. It's a little bit more of a conversation, but we do have every single time we, we do talk about certain things that sometimes can be kind of overwhelming for individuals who don't know how to handle those things, whether they need a therapist or a life coach or both. Um, but I, I, we're having a lot of fun. So is it, would it be fair to say that perhaps some of this, um, the coaching that you offer and just your desire to get into that field, does that come? And you can not answer this if you prefer, but does that come from kind of grappling with some of these things in your own life and just yes. seeing the need for this objective viewpoint brought yes amen okay good good we're all in the same boat Um, then is what you're saying so yes um since i was young um i've always i actually have worked with i like to say i work with anxiety sort of i struggle with um because i've had anxiety i just didn't understand it and i felt like the world was just it was very 
chaotic for me for quite some time. And I've, I've dealt with panic attacks and I've dealt with certain things that from a very young age, I was interested in how our mind worked. You know, I just wanted to understand what was going on with my mind. So I did a lot of, I would go, uh, even as early as like probably eighth grade and just go into Barnes and Noble and look for um, self-help books on like how to, you know, how to take care of this sort of relationship or how to do this, how to have more self-confidence and things like that. And um, I have learned that um, everyone has, has um, a lens that they look through life. And, um, and I, decided back when um after i all the success of being a fabric designer and all of these things is that i still was struggling with certain things like anxiety and um and and i had gone to therapy as well and things like that and i do all of the tools that come with therapy and um and i've been on medication before and i i understand the importance of those things and um i wanted to help other women like myself a creative mind who may be working from home trying to create a life uh, more income from home or i've also i now am also a working mom outside of the home as well which um, helps me to understand and the need to balance that and that's where I went back to school of like, I want to do that. I want to help women or individuals. I always say women because that's usually who my clientele is, but other individuals like me who have creative minds, who just want to do so much, but want to do it with less overwhelm, less of those sort of issues that like our thoughts that just sort of kind of keep us stuck and, 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 um, just kind of on a treadmill, in, right? Because we keep yes, repeating the treadmill. same thoughts. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Going nowhere. Treadmill. Exhausted, mm-hmm. trying to work, hustling, but, but exhausting and like just burning ourselves out yeah. and not and making some progress. I mean, we are doing some progress, but just that burnout. So um, that's why I call myself the life coach for creative minds who are workers who are either in their home or outside of their home, but really I I can help anyone who is having these overwhelming feelings that feels like they're keeping them stuck from being able to be their creative self, being able to like enjoy like, you know, those things in life. Right. Okay. And did we, did you say what your podcast is called? Oh no, it's the coach and the therapist. I love that. I absolutely love it. And our little icon is just this little cute pink couch. I won. I got the pink couch. I love it. I love it. So what's on the horizon? We mentioned a new ombre fabric coming out. Um, Anything else coming up in the next few weeks that we'd like to know about? Yeah, actually, I have this great thing. I just did a webinar. Um, I'm working actually with my husband's company, um, uh, Covenant Family Solutions. I'm doing a four-day workshop, um, which is a really low price of nineteen dollars, um, and you don't. It's during the middle of the day, so if you can't attend it, it's okay. It'll be recorded, um, and you can watch it later um, through the link. Is that it's how, how to have a better relationship with yourself? It's a four-day workshop. Um, you can. Um, I can give you the link or somehow uh, do we'll, that. We'll and, be sure and pop the link into the show notes. But tell me okay, what dates perfect. it is. Please? Yeah, February, February 18th. Nope, sorry, that's when it ends. February uh, 
15th to the 18th, right after all the hoopla of Valentine's Day, how to have a better relationship with yourself um, so that you can actually show up in your present, like a higher version of yourself, not just for yourself, but for others as well, um, to be there for yourself um, and just actually really enjoy being in your own skin and being able to understand where emotions come from, um, how to how to manage our minds uh, in a better way so that we can actually uh, just be present for ourselves and others. Um, so that's what's coming up for me in that world. Um, and then also, of course, um, I have some, I, a book just came out with uh, from Tiffany Hayes um, that has our, we have a pattern in there. Uh, it's called um, Paper Hearts uh, and it's Ombre Hearts. It's beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll have to send you a picture of it. It's really beautiful. And um, and also we're in a couple of magazines, actually one magazine for sure. And I can't remember the name of it right now, but I will let you know. We'll put it and, in the show um, notes. Trusty place for everything. Perfect. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I already, we're already working on our next fabric line, which um, I don't know if I should, you know what? I, I can say it. It's a Christmas one. So I'm really excited oh, about nice. that. Oh, I look yeah. forward to it. Good. Yeah, all ombre. So yeah. Super. Look forward to that. Okay. So before we go, do you have a little gem, a little nugget you'd like to leave with our listeners? Can be from life, can be from crafting, can be from family, whatever you like. Yeah. Honestly, it's my gem would be the way we think about our future and our life and ourselves can really either keep us running in place or on a treadmill, right? Or it can actually help us to propel us to our future self, um, which is could be like leaps and bounds. Um, it's, we can either stay stuck or we can really attain dreams, like unimaginable dreams. Like we can, we can actually like just put it out there. Like maybe I can try that out. It's the idea of like, kind of when I was just having fun with the fabric and I didn't really actually put so much weight of like, if it, this doesn't work, it's failure. Um, it, it's, I almost feel like the universe rewards you with like, just the idea of like, yeah, let's just kind of have fun and have, be curious about this and let's give this a try. When we approach that with, with other things in life, um, it actually it actually is really rewarding and you can actually live and reach some goals that you might not have been able to reach if you were scared and, and worried of the outcomes. Agreed. I love that word propel. Somehow that just, that just speaks to me. Love that. Yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you ever so much for joining me today. This has been a real, real treat. Thank you, Joseph. All right. We'll do it again sometime. Perfect. Wow, that was a powerful conversation. So incredible to think that for good or for ill, our thoughts have the power to redirect our lives. Well, thank you, my friend, for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or the listening app of your choice? It really helps other listeners to find the show so they can enjoy these stories too. And I would love to hear from listeners who would like to nominate a crafter that has a story to tell. If you know such a person, would you email me info at stitchedbysusan.com. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched, 
and your joys be quilted. <laughs>